Hey everyone, Stephen here. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Unstuck, a podcast for founders, where I have conversations with founders of companies and movements about how they get stuck and what they do to get unstuck. This podcast is powered by Griffin Leadership that's driven by a passion to give leaders tools they need to get unstuck with the focus on emotional intelligence, blind spots navigation, and leadership training and coaching. Visit www.griffinleadership.com to get access to these tools, including the newly launched Unstuck Academy, leadership coaching, and a variety of other resources. Again, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Um, I am really excited to be sitting here with uh, Greg Lepp, who is the founder of Rotessa. Rotessa is a uh, Canadian company uh, based in central Canada that is uh, essentially a software company. But I'm not going to say anything more about it because um, who better to uh, give a description of a company than the founder? So, Greg, First of all, thanks for being on the show. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. And why don't you just share a little bit about uh, your story of the founding of Rotessa? Well, thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to, uh, to spend some time with you and reconnect. It's been a few years and it's, uh, it's always great to talk with you. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a privilege to be able to share a little bit of my story and hopefully it uh, it uh, gives a little bit of insight into our journey here at Rotessa. So, yeah, that's uh, it's great to be here, man. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, so talk a little bit about Rotessa. Like, what 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 is it that you're providing uh, for the market that you've identified, and and what was the story of of the founding of it? Sure. So, at the very core, the problem we're trying to solve is to help small businesses collect recurring payments more effectively. And so we've, we've gotten, um, well, how we do that, how we solve this problem is through pre-authorized bank payments and linking on to the clearing and settlement system in, through the bank network in Canada and to offer a third-party solution uh, for small businesses looking for a really simple way to collect recurring payments automatically through pre-authorized debits. So how that all got started, it's been actually quite a journey. Uh, Rotessa has been processing payments the last 11 years now, since 2010. And prior to that, I had a company that uh, started in tuition payment plans. So I would facilitate payment plans for students that were going to a college or university that could not afford the upfront cost of tuition. So. I would partner with a college and uh, they would offer if someone was short um, on their on their tuition in full, they could set up a, a payment plan with Rotessa. Um, at the time, it was it was called 30 to 90. And what we did then is we managed that payment plan from start to finish to ensure that students were on track with that process. And so we were is more of a proactive collections approach to tuition. So universities and colleges wouldn't have to deal with that. So through that experience, Steve, I developed kind of this uh, understanding of the banking network in Canada because 
all of the, the schools that we worked with did not want to accept credit cards because they didn't want to pay 3% in processing fees. And so they all wanted to do it through their bank. So I would typically be given access to whatever of the big five bank in Canada that they would have and uh, use their EFT system. So through that experience, I started to get an understanding of the payment network, how it worked. And then we started to use a third party that kind of latched onto one of the banks and just had way better software and a better user experience for small businesses. And, and uh, I was really encouraged by actually one of my clients to, to uh, he, I remember him saying um, over lunch, he says, well, you should just start a payments company. And I was so far beyond the scope of my imagination, to be quite honest, that I didn't even uh, give it much thought. And as, but that always lingered with me, Steve. So what happened was, um, yeah, in 2010, we decided to build some software out for our tuition payment plans and become our own processor to, because we were frustrated dealing with all the, all the different banking options that were out there. And uh, so we thought, well, let's just build it ourselves and then we'll just offer it to other small businesses as a self-service model if they want to use it. And we'll just kind of become a processor on the side. And fast forward 10 years later, uh, we, are, we still have those, those tuition clients, but uh, we are uh, across the country serving uh, uh, well over a thousand businesses to collect their pre-authorized debits from them. So it's it kind of happened by accident, to be quite honest, and and based on one of our own issues we were having. I I think it's a phenomenal story, and so we're we're talking about a window of ten years from founding until now. I mean, give or take. Yep. Now. I get the model as you described it, but at the same time, it sounds really, really complex. Um, so maybe just a couple of more details about the, the company. So my understanding is you are 10 people strong, including yourself. Correct. Yep. And so um, talk about kind of, I think you've got this on your website, Greg, but you've, you've been able to, to service a lot of transactions um, over those, over that time period, what dollars wise, like how, how much have you processed in, in terms of transactions? We're just nearing, uh, three quarters of a billion, um, in Canada. So we're, uh, we're hoping to get to that billion mark, uh, in a few months. So we're excited about that. That's, that's an amazing, that's an amazing story, Greg. And who, who are your clients primarily? Um, are they, are they just typical businesses or like who, who, who wants your service? Sure. So our, our, we deal with a number of verticals and um, some of the core ones that it, it needs to make sense with pre-authorized debits. Pre-authorized debits work on a batch system and they're not instant and irrevocable or they are irrevocable. So uh, sorry, they are revocable. So it is something that you have to have an ongoing relationship with a customer for it to make sense. And the business initiates the transactions, not the customer. So in, in cases of uh, a landlord would be one vertical that we are, are we go quite deep with um, accounts and bookkeepers, uh, fitness centers, daycares for recurring membership fees. So um, that is kind of our sweet spot. I mean, we have lots of, you know, internet service providers, um, you know, in the medical field, they, if, they, if anybody that has a subscription model, it works with Rotessa really, really well. So, again, 
for for everyone listening, for myself, I, I you've done a phenomenal job of just painting a clear picture of of the Rotessa model. Now, I really want to dig into Greg the the process of the the evolution and development of the company. So, when you first founded Rotessa, what were some of the ways after you started developing the software and rolling that out? You you got to the place where you needed some help, and so you you hired some people. Uh, you were learning how to grow a company, not just build. So what were some of the ways that you found you were stuck early on? What were some of those things that you realized, oh, I need to solve this problem like immediately? Mm. What, what are some of those things? Yeah, in, in the early days, I would, I would say that it wasn't a scaling issue. Um, there's, a few, there's a few different um, Boy, I, I could I could tell a lot of stories about being stuck, Steve, uh, in the early days and and continuing on. So it's a great topic, actually. It, it it's as I've reflected on this, it's actually brought many many memories, and it's it's kind of neat to look back ten years later to see what some of those challenges were. Um, I think the first one was um, just the whole process of I'm a non technical founder, so it's not something that I could just go out and build myself and just hustle and and uh, kind of sweat equity through the whole process. So there's a whole process of um, when we decided to become more of a software company and, and include payments, uh, because I was a non-technical founder, I wanted to do it very legitimate. So I had to, I brought on a business partner for the first time to help fund that transition and kind of build V1 of our software. So we did our research and, and we found someone um, here in Manitoba to look after that for us. And, and you know, in looking back, um, um, boy, you, you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble by doing some things differently. But at the same time, we had information at that time, the best we knew it. And we went with that. And if we had never kind of um, made that leap, uh, we, ne- we wouldn't be where we're at today. Um, and I think that's the only thing I'm, I'm understanding as I get older is, is to not look back with regret as much and to understand that that was part of the process to get better into where you're at today. So um, so the first one was that whole development project, not feeling like I was a little bit going in pretty blind with the process and uh, feeling at times where um, I didn't have the control over what was what was going on on the back end and really having to trust and, and getting through that. I, I also feel like in the early days, Steve, um, once it was built and we kind of go over that hurdle, I, I really had no idea about online marketing. I didn't understand I really didn't understand payments. We just thought this would be neat to offer this as a kind of an ancillary service to our primary. And um, I think this whole idea of, you know, I hear it lots in, in the software world is build it and they will come kind of that myth. And that's exactly what happened to me where, you know, I couldn't even locally, I couldn't give it away because number one payments um, payments is, is really sticky once you're once you're in and dealing with a processor, but to get someone to switch is quite a bit of work and takes quite a bit of convincing. So I there was a really felt stuck early on that you know we we felt we had this really cool software that solved this problem, but um, we had nobody jumping on board and it was very difficult to kind of um, to get those early customers. And I think your story is is somewhat similar as a founder. Um, you know, we, we hear all the time of it starts with an idea. And uh, because of the passion of, of the founder of you, you know, you, you build it 
like you described, and you think there's a market. And so you, you provide an answer to the question that you think people are asking, mm-hmm. but then nobody shows. And so what was the, did you need a mindset shift at that point, Greg? Like what, what kept you going to go, Hey, no one's really, no one's really buying into this and no one's giving the feedback that indicates that this is going to be a great thing. And yet you kept going. What was it that kept you going through that? I think, um, really great support, uh, network that I have personally. Um, I also had the, the business partner that I brought on was extremely patient and believed in the long-term vision and was not in a rush to, you know, like get returns right away. I think that was a huge piece of that because I think I could have been easily convinced. And there was, there was seasons where, um, in the early days, Steve, I would, um, take on other work full time and just do this as a side hustle just to kind of pay the bills and to, uh, I couldn't afford to pay myself a salary to be quite honest. And so um, it was a side hustle and it got to the point where it had kind of became a worth a little bit that, Hey, do I want to just cash out now um, kind of get my investors money back um, and basically move on. I had a pretty good job that I was working and I, I, that was taking a lot of headspace and then I would come home and work on Rotest in the evenings and so um, I think just that just having that support network was the biggest because I, I probably would have been convinced pretty quickly to just get rid of it and, and kind of go the safer route with my with my position that I had at the at a different company. So is it is it fair to say, Greg, that the, the things that you were stuck on weren't necessarily like solvable problems of the business itself or the product? Uh, is it fair to say that the things that you were stuck on were your own mindset, mm. your own um, confidence, maybe to in light of not a lot of good feedback mm. from the market yeah. uh, to just kind of keep keep going with that, with that support network that you described? Yeah, uh, I, absolutely. That's accurate, Steve. I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of challenges. Um, between the ears in terms of, of, of getting that mindset. And, and I think being, to be quite honest, being uh, a little bit more sensitive than most that I take it quite personally too. And that's something that really grinds on somebody. And, and in the early days when it's not happening, you put yourself out there, you've kind of introduced this to the market and your friends and your family. And when it's, you know, you know, just even, you know, you have to be humble enough to, to accept where it's at and, and to, to really dig into, um, you know, the longer term vision, um, especially being in the nature of recurring payments uh, and recurring revenue model. Um, it takes a long time to get it to, to get it. So there's a bit of momentum on that machine. And, and that's something that I had to really, yeah, I think again, through the support of others, I think, and, and just the little bit of uh, a little bit of persistence and determination to get me through some of those, those early humps for sure. So I want to maybe focus, Greg, a little bit on your own personal journey as a leader, uh, because like you've just described really well, you, you had this incredible vision. You surrounded yourself with people who 
could support you well. You you had a founder that that believed in the long term vision of what you were were building. What are some of the things that you've had to do, Greg, to make sure that you can get up in the morning mm. and and tackle this thing and for you yourself to keep the vision alive? And so, again, to use the the, the language of of stuck and unstuck. What are some of the daily things that you do to keep yourself unstuck? Yeah, that's that's another whole side is is there's, you know, getting stuck as a business, um, getting stuck as, um, you know, like we talked about in the early days. And 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 then also like personally getting stuck where maybe the business is doing OK, but I'm not OK. And, um, you know, for me, I have been. um <laughs> more than yeah totally totally stuck uh on a on a personal level there was a a season of about seven years ago it began where uh, i think the the pressure of rotesta the pressure of a startup the pressure of working another job full-time um kind of built up and and to be quite honest i didn't take care of myself we had a young family and and a lot of times that the idea of self-care or um, looking after yourself um, that always took kind of the last the last place and and for me it it was a, a challenge that um, resulted in just being aware that I was dealing with depression and anxiety and um, and to kind of that whole and that was a whole journey and a process Steve where just to even understand and say those words out loud uh, and and to reach out for the help that I needed at the time that I didn't even know I needed. And to me, that was the way everybody was. That's just what life was. And, but I was becoming very paralyzed at work where um, I couldn't get through. Uh, I, I like to think of myself more as an administrator and, and to get through lists and process. Um, I was simply paralyzed to the point of not being able to work and to be able to step back from that and, and leave um, Rotessa knowing that if I can't do something about my own health, uh, you know, Rotessa is certainly not going to move forward. And so um, with the help of others, with the help of, of reaching out and, and a really supportive and awesome wife, um, you know, I just took a little bit of a step back there and worked with some um, pros just to kind of process that. And, and, uh, but ultimately step back from Rotessa. And uh, that that first time was about three months where I I'd really just had to worry about myself. And, uh, you know, since that experience, Steve, I've, I've gained some better understanding and knowledge of what I need to stay healthy uh, mentally. Um, and there are seasons of that and there are cycles of that. And and but I, I, I would say I've gotten a little bit better at proactively saying, OK, I'm feeling this. This isn't normal and I need to spend more time either away. I love to work. I love to come in on weekends when it's quiet. Um, that gives me tremendous amount of joy, but I've realized too, that if you don't give yourself a break and have these diversions and kind of, um, just to get away from it. Uh, you're really not doing the business any favors and you're really not doing yourself any favors because it's, it doesn't get better that way. Thank, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing that Greg Re- really appreciate that. Um, so now you've got a team of people. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, you've, you're, you're 10 people strong, and, and I understand you're, you, you've got vision for continued growth. Uh, I think you're, you're 
hiring someone right now as as we speak or in the process. Yeah, one week away though from when they start. So we're excited for that new new person. Uh, really, really good. Really, very, very cool. So knowing what you've been through individually and knowing some of the things that you need to do to make sure that you are in that good mindset to continue to do what you do and enjoy it. How, what's your approach with Mm. your team? Uh, You've no doubt, I haven't looked at your, your roster, but you've no doubt got a lot of, of diversity in terms of talent and experience and, and skill what are you doing to build into them to keep them from getting stuck? Yeah. You know, this is one of those brand new um, in the last couple of years, we were only at about five, uh, you know, a year and a half ago or so. Um, And so it's something that it's kind of taken center stage now in terms of, of, you know, the team and looking out um, for, for them and, and their balance. I think part of that is, anchoring in our core values um we are um we understand and we have outlined uh some of the objectives and you know for instance one of them is grow calmly and we want to grow it's something that it's it's very it's always our number one objective is to grow uh but we want to do it calmly we don't feel like we're a bootstrap company so we don't feel like we need to just get to the next round of funding and uh, try to blow up and exit. That's just, we're a long-term thinking team, which is actually another one of our <laughs> uh, core values. And uh, so I think it starts there with just as an organization, I've been involved in other organizations that it inherently, there was like, everybody talks balance, but when everybody stays at the office till seven or eight at night, it, it you're not really practicing that. And um, there's impact on that. And I think um, right from our core values, we have defined that this having healthy relationships outside of work, having healthy relationships inside of work and having balance in your life is great for long-term. So that's one of the ways. Um, and I can think of two others, Steve, real quick. Um, there's been cycles of getting stuck as an organization and feeling like, man, we're just not, and it feels like every summer people take start taking off. We're very project-based because of our growth. Um, so more than half our team is all based on projects and growth, uh, like our developers and things like that. Uh, and then we have an ops team that kind of runs kind of the day to day and the support and so on. And, and the one, one of the ways that I found that helped us get unstuck as an organization is we have an annual summit where we head off site. Uh, we stay for night at a hotel, uh, here locally in Manitoba and Winnipeg, um, and, we just spend that time dreaming and for understanding the customer's problems a little bit more and, and just to, just to get really uh, to the core of what we do um, and just kind of refresh. And we have all this um, partners and spouses come in, in the, uh, in the evening and we have a nice dinner and we stay for night and we have a good time and, and we feel like that really recharges us. So that's one thing that I've done that I think has helped. The second thing or the last thing that I've, I've done as an organization um, is just implement some OKRs. So like objectives and key results. And that's a pretty common framework for planning, especially for project planning. And I find that's been really helpful because it, it, we understand where we're going and it allows others to see exactly the path that we're taking. So that's pretty new to us. We've just implemented that um, more strictly in this last year, but I've found already that it's, it's helped me, um, 
kind of get grounded in in kind of what is the next step in front of us based on where our roadmap is. Yeah, Greg is the the more you the more you talk and the more you share your story. I mean, I, I could I could sit and listen for hours just about how you articulate your journey and and some of the things that you've experienced. Even, I mean, ten years. I don't know how you feel, Greg, but ten years is a long time. But at the same time, it's not that long. You're still a fairly right. young company. Um, but you've already obviously through what you've shared experienced a ton of stuff that is so valuable in terms of, of life lessons and, and lessons around cool. business growth. And so as we wrap up, uh, I've got three questions for you. Uh, the, the first two questions, Greg, are kind of, uh, they're very binary. And so here's what I mean. So I'm going to give you, the, for the first two questions, two words. Huh. And you need to choose a word that you kind of favor and then say why. So for example, uh, this won't be one of the questions, but I might say blue or red. And if your favorite color is blue, you would say blue and you would give a short description right. as to why. So that's kind of the, the premise. And then the last question's a little bit different. Um, so the first question, uh, mindset or skill set? Mindset. Uh, you can always teach skills. You can't teach attitude. So that's how I see it. Second question, execution or people? Oh, people. And I, the, I was going to say yes <laughs> to, to the question. Uh, but I think, sure. you know, without execution comes from, from the people. And, 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 uh, and again, when, it, when you have the right people in place, um, the execution is a byproduct of great people. Love it. And the, the last question, Greg, is more, it's more general. Uh, what is one thing that you would want founders such as yourself, based on your experience, what's one thing you would want them to know about getting unstuck and staying unstuck? Mm. You know, I, I would have to say your support group, whether that looks like a, a business partner or advisors, um, you know, it, it, to do business on your own, it was very interesting. When I was uh, taking my business degree and there was, there was always this stern warning. And even growing up, um, there was a stern warning of how ugly business partnerships can be and, and that you really have to make sure you're, 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 totally understand the parameters and because it can go south and it normally does go south. And, and I kind of grew up with that mindset and I did it alone. And then 10 years ago, I brought on a business partner who happened to be a friend and that, that uh, he was looking for an investment. And it has been the greatest thing for me because he has helped me get unstuck and have a perspective um, on things that if I just internalized that and I didn't have anyone to, to bounce ideas off of. And the reality is our relationship has grown. We're closer friends today. Um, and it's given me joy to share that with somebody. So yes, you have to be very cautious and there's some, you know, framework that has to be decided on uh, and organized. And I understand that it doesn't always work out this way, but boy, when you, when you find someone that you can work with, that you complement each other. And uh, I think that gives you tremendous lift 
um, of getting unstuck uh, in your in your life. Greg, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me and, and talk about um, ways that you're getting and staying unstuck. Uh, I, I appreciate you you being authentic and uh, looking forward to to continuing to follow uh, your growth as as a founder and the growth of Rotessa. So thanks again, Greg, and um, hope to talk to well, you again. Well, thanks soon. for having me on, Steve. It's great to connect with you. All the best uh, on your journey here. This is a great Great podcast, and uh, I look forward to uh, to listening to future episodes as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the next time you're out this way. We'll have to connect and head out for a coffee. All right. All right, Greg, thanks.